Well, everyone, I just want to thank you for watching us on television. We're so excited about everything that's happening here at Anchorage, the Anchorage Baptist Temple. And I'll tell you what, we would love to invite you to come to our services. We meet every Sunday at 11 o'clock. We would love to have you in person and get to know you. And uh, I'll tell you what, there's just so many exciting things happening in Anchorage and in our church, and we want you to be a part of it. And uh, so we're in this series, To Whom It May Concern, and... Um, the truth is, I, I really have been enjoying this, this series. It, it, it's been challenging me personally. When I, when I think about what it takes to uh, refocus our lives, and that was our first message. And then last week, we talked about reclaiming things that we have voluntarily given up. And, and we were going to talk today about what it means to reestablish our priorities. And then next, we're going to talk about what it means to redeem our time. I just want to, I want to challenge you is sitting there watching this to really look at your own life and to say, am I really where I want to be as a believer? Do I really have joy and happiness, peace and, and fulfillment? Because that's really what this series is all about. And so I just, I hope that, uh, I hope that you are enjoying this series and I hope today you will enjoy this message. Well, I also, I also think it's great. You know, uh, tomorrow is Martin Luther King Day. And the reality is we've had a lot of, uh, of unrest, civil unrest in our country concerning uh, racial issues. And I just want you to know, and I want to remind our people that the church is very, very clear on, what, on racial issues. And, and we want to just honor Martin Luther King for everything that he's done. Because the truth is this, God sees everybody in the same way. God sees everybody with an impartial mind. There is no Greek or Jew. There is no black, no white yellow or whatever. We are all the same in Christ. And I just want you to know something. The church is a place where everyone is welcome. Every race of this country is welcome because that is, the gospel is for all, not for one group or another. So I just want to give a shout out uh, to tomorrow and a celebration for Martin Luther King and all that has happened and all the work that he's done here in our country. Well, let's talk about a little bit about what it means to reestablish ourselves in 2021. You know, when we think about what reestablishment means, reestablishment means this, to fix or confirm again. In other words, if we want to reestablish something, we got to fix something, we got to confirm something, or we have to reestablish a covenant. And so in order for us to understand what that really means, <clears throat> let's ask ourselves, what does it mean to establish something? The definition of establish means this, to set and fix firmly or unalterably to settle permanently. In other words, we should establish some things in our lives that are unchangeable. And when they do, we need to quickly recover. And what we saw in 2020 and what we talked about last week and all the areas where, where we saw ourselves needing to refocus and reclaim, the truth is this, we've got to reestablish some values, some things that we need to have in our lives in order for us to go forward in 2021. You know, we establish something because we think it's, it's, it's valuable or it's worthy, uh, it's meaningful, it's of the utmost importance. In other words, when we think about what we establish in our lives, those things that we establish are, are called to be this highest value target items in our lives. We establish things because it helps us to reach our preferred outcome in our lives. In other words, we establish things because we want to get somewhere. 
We establish a marriage because we want to have what we think is a happy family life. We want to be well-rounded. We establish our careers. We establish all kinds of things in life that help us get to a preferred outcome. However, the more things that we prioritize, and that's what I'm seeing in, in America today, in our world today, is people are trying to establish or prioritize everything. And when they do that, ultimately, everything suffers. Everything suffers because if I focus too much on my job, my family struggles. If I focus too much on my family, uh, my kids struggle or my my relationship maybe with my wife struggles or maybe my my relationships with others struggle. I mean, every priority that's out there that's drawing you and, and claiming your time and energy and effort, the more you have, the more preferred outcomes you want to have in your life, the more difficult it is. You see, we're limited by this thing called time, money, and energy. We, we just don't have only 24 hours. We only have so many funds. We only ho- have so much energy. And so therefore, this is a struggle. And next week, we're actually going to talk about that. When we talk about redeeming our time, we're going to kind of talk about those things next week. I hope that you tune in because I really think we're going we're, we're to be able to help people that ha- to, to create margin in their lives. All right, so most of us in this room have lots of preferred outcomes. I mean, I want to be married to a perfect partner is a high priority. I want to have godly kids. I want to have the perfect family. I want to be thriving and having a fulfilled marriage. I want joy. I want peace. I want life without fear. I want success. I want money. You know, I want to have meaning. I want to have be valued. We have this list of things that we are looking for in life. And the reality is that our success in accomplishing our preferred outcomes are directly related to what we establish in our lives. I mean, The reality is when we have things that are not our preferred outcome happen in our lives, a lot of times it's because we've established bad habits. We've established bad things in our lives that have produced what has happened in our lives. And the same thing is true when we want good things to happen in our lives. We have to establish some values so that we can accomplish these things. It is also true that no matter what we establish to accomplish our preferred outcome, if it's not God's preferred outcome for a life, we will find ourselves unsatisfied. Our lives will be completely unsatisfied. In other words, we'll be constantly in the battle of searching and searching and searching. And so today, as we look at these things, we're going to break them down and we're going to think about what it means to establish the right things. So what can we establish? Or what do we need to reestablish to keep our focus on God and not on other preferred outcomes that distract us from the main things in our lives that matter? We need to establish what vision we desire to accomplish. I want you to think of that word. We need to, we need to establish what vision we desire to accomplish in our lives. Vision is what you and I believe is God's preferred outcome. In other words, when we think out 50 years, 20 years, 10 years, five years, whatever that looks like, and we look at our lives and say, what would God, what does God want me to be? Where am I headed and how am I going? How am I become more holy? What is the vision that God has for me? That's what's important. That's what we should be thinking as we're establishing some of these values. You see, our vision here at this church, is to see every Alaskan transformed with the gospel of Christ. If you ask our staff, they're supposed to know our vision here. I'm going to let you know our vision here is this. We want to see 
every Alaskan transform with the gospel. We want to see out 100 years, 50 years, however long it takes. We are going to pursue it, everything we have to see every Alaskan transform with the gospel. That is our vision here at the Anchorage Baptist Temple. We would love for you to come here and join us in that mission because that is what our goal is. Notice 2 Peter Chapter 3 and verse 9, and this is kind of where we got this idea. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, is patient towards the lost, is patient towards us. Not wishing, listen to this, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Why do we see, why is our vision to transform every Alaskan with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because we believe God's desire is for everyone to receive the gospel. And because we live here and this is our community, this is our state, that is solely our mission. We are on point to make sure that every Alaskan is transformed by the gospel. This vision that we have is, is part of this church. We want to, you and I, to, you to believe in it. We want you to join us in accomplishing this goal. We believe that it is critical and important. But vision is not limited to just churches or organization. People say, that's my vision statement in my company, and this is a vision statement and vision statement. Listen, vision is not just a church thing. It's not just a business thing. Vision, I believe, is the way you and I should live our lives. We should look at ourselves and say, what is my vision for what God would have me to do? And so today we're just going to kind of break down three areas of life. We're going to look at marriage, we're going to look at family, and we're going to look at your job, how you work. Just those three areas. Now there's other areas that you can choose that have a vision for, but we're just going to focus on those three because I think they'll help you understand what I mean by have a vision for your life. You see, when we want to have this preferred outcome for God in our lives, we think about marriage. What is marriage and what does it look like? You know, we should have a, a vision for our marriage and a statement that describes what you feel God wants your marriage to accomplish. I want you to just think about that for a minute. When we think about family, when we think about a wholeness, when we think about what God has created us to be, reproducing and raising children that are godly, what does that look like? Do you just go in that blindly? Do you have a vision for your marriage? Do you have a vision for your family? One of the things my wife and I do is we, we, we did this with a group of people. We sat down and just said, listen, what is our, our vision for us? For Ron and Crystal, what is it that we feel that God has called us to be? 50 years from now, what do we want people to see us as. And so we came up with these things, and I would encourage you watching my television to really ask yourself, ask your spouse, why, what are we all about? What are we trying to accomplish? Are we just going through the motions, or do we actually have something that has value and vision in your life? And today, I think as we look back on 2020 and we look at how much stress has been put on the family, a lot of us, because we either didn't have vision and need to establish it, or we have lost focus of our vision and we need to reestablish it, we need to ask ourselves some interesting questions. But our vision for our family was this. We came up with this. Our vision for our, our marriage is we want our marriage to thrive, not simply survive. In other words, we don't ever want to see our marriage just going through the motions. We had determined that. It's a vision for us. It's what we want people to see in the future. Hey, listen, the Hoffmans, man, their family, they're thriving. They're, they're constantly growing. 
How about this one? A marriage that exemplifies unconditional love and unconditional respect. In other words, both the husband and the wife have a role and we want to see it happen. We want to be practicing and let people see that we are committed to me loving my wife unconditionally and her unconditionally respecting me because that is what God's plan is for our life. And how about this one? A God-centered picture of oneness and unity for our children and those who are around us. What is our vision? That's our vision. What's your vision? What is it that your vision is? What is it that you have determined that your marriage is going to be? Is it all about selfishness? Is it all about who you want to be or what you want out of the relationship? Or is it about what you together want people to witness has happened in your marriage? See, Christ has a lot to say about marriage. I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20, starting in verse 22. And we're just going to read a little bit about what it looks like in God's eyes for a picture of what marriage is. Okay, here it is. It says this, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Hmm. But it doesn't end there. Husbands, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word of God so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. In other words, he is responsible for her spiritual development. Hmm. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. Men, do you hear me? Love your wives as your own bodies. Hmm. But nourish, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man, listen to this, shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one, unified. That's why we chose that topic in our vision statement. Unified, why? This mystery is profound and I am saying that there it refers to Christ in the church. However, each one of you, Love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband, the unconditional love and the unconditional respect. You see, the reason why we struggle coming out of 2020 a lot of times is we've lost vision. We've lost vision in so many areas of our life and especially in this sight of family, this idea of marriage. What does it look like? What is it all about how do we develop it? This is how we chose to develop. And I would encourage you to try to ask yourself, what is a vision statement that you two, you and your, your husband or you and your wife would put together and say, listen, we need to have a mission. We need to have a vision that makes sense. Now, listen, let's go beyond that. We should have a vision for our children. You parents that are watching me today, listen, you have children given to you by God for the purpose of raising them and the admonition of the Lord. In other words, you have a huge responsibility. Do you have a vision for that? Do you have a vision for what that looks like? What was our vision? Crystal and I sat down, we talked about our vision. Our vision is that our children would love God and others, listen to me, more than we do. In other words, our job is to raise our kid in, in Christ so much, in the word so much that they actually take our faith to the next level with the next generation. That's our goal. 
That's what we want to see them do. We get that from Malachi chapter 2 and verse 15. It says this, did he not make them one, talking about marriage, with a portion of his spirit in their union? And what was the one God seeking? What was our God seeking? He says it very clearly, godly offspring. So guard yourselves in your spirit and let none of you be faithless to his wife, the wife of your youth. Listen to me. Vision for your children. Do you have a vision for your children? Do you have an understanding of what you're trying to accomplish with your children? Or do you just have children and you're just, you're just running around, they're doing whatever, and you just want them to obey? And goodness gracious, if, if they just don't embarrass you, you're happy. Or if they just get out of the house without doing this or this or this, I'll feel like I was successful. Now listen, I want you to, t- I want you to understand something. The word of God is clear. You have a mission. You have a vision. You need to have a vision for your children. And I'm afraid that we, because we have, we have these preferred outcomes in our life for money and wealth and power or whatever, we lose track of what God's desire is for us as parents, as married couples, as a church. And God's saying, listen, all the rest of that stuff, it just really doesn't matter. Do you meet? Are you fulfilling the vision that I have laid before you? Now, many of you have different visions. Your vision for your children might be different. God might be calling you to pursue or chase your children in a different direction, and that's fine. There's a lot of scripture that talks about what we do with our children, but I want you to know something. If you have no vision, your people will perish. Your children will struggle. Vision is what takes kids to the next level, and vision gives you wholeness in the process. How about this one? We should have a vision for our work life. All of you who work that are watching me by television, you should have a vision for what work looks like. And it's not just about you getting promoted, you having more money, and all about how you can glorify yourself. No, it should be all about how glorifying God matters. You know, when I thought about myself, I'm like, you know, what is it? What are the core values that I personally think about that I need to make sure that I establish? And if I've lost track of, reestablish that that make up what I believe we should have as a vision for our work. So I just did some scripture study and I just thought, you know what? I started writing some things down and before I know it, I'm like, this is what the Bible says. The truth is this, Matthew 20, 25 says this, but Jesus called them and said to him, you know that rulers of the Gentiles lord of, over, over you and their great ones exercise authority over them. It, sh- it shall not be that among you. He's saying, listen, the Gentiles, they rule like this. This is Jesus speaking. But, but uh, hey, you, my Christians, my followers, my believers, you, you kind of live under a different path. He says this, but whosoever would be great among you must be your servant. Whoa, must be your servant. And whosoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the son of man came not into the world to serve, to, to be served, but to serve. And he gave his life as a ransom for many. So here was the mission statement I came up with. Mine is to see and inspire those I work with to lead as Christ in serving first and ruling last. My vision is this, that I want people to understand something that I'm not up here. I want to be down here. I believe that Christ gives us the example that we serve amongst the people. We serve first and we rule last. We serve first and we rule last. We do not come in and rule first and serve second. We always start with service. So I ask you, 
What is your vision for your work? How do you see your value system? How you prioritize your vision? What you see, think God's preferred future is for you as a person, the character at your workplace. See, these three areas, I think, encapsulate so much of our lives and our time. It's important that we think about the vision, the vision, the vision. We have to reestablish what God's will is for our life in 2021, and you must know his vision for your life in the areas in which he's called you to. And I hope that you understand the importance of vision, but it doesn't just end there. Once you understand the vision, you know where we're going. You've got to understand the mission. You've got to be able to establish your mission. You've got to say, listen, how is it that I'm going to accomplish? How is it that I'm going to get people to go towards my vision or myself or my family or my children to go towards my vision that I have for them, that God has laid upon my heart as a father, as a husband, or as a mother, or as a worker? What is it? How do I do that? Well, let's go back to our idea here at the church. How do we think about things at the church. What is our mission statement here at the church? Well, you hear it all the time. We say it all the time. Our mission is this, to inspire every generation to make a big deal about following Jesus. In other words, why are we so excited about reaching every Alaskan with the gospel? Because we know our mission is to make a big deal about following Jesus. Every generation, every generation, that means the kids, that means the young adults. That means the young marrieds. That means the older people. Everyone in this building, everyone in your family, we want everyone focused on making a big deal about following Jesus. Making a big deal about following Jesus transforms who we are. We believe this statement encompasses Jesus's great commission, and that's why we used it, because it's motivating. It's exciting. It's something that God has called us to do. And guess what? This thing called making a big deal about following Jesus for our church, it starts with you. It starts with every one of our members. It starts with me. In other words, if I'm not making a big deal about following Jesus, how can I ever expect anybody else to join us as we try to accomplish our mission? It's just not going to happen. And it's the same in your life as well. But how do we, how do we decide this mission? Well, we got it from the Great Commission. Here it is, Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus said unto them, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always. Listen, make a big deal about following Jesus. Get involved in his ministry. Get involved in his work. Get engaged in what God has for you, his will for you. That's God's calling for your life. That's God's calling for our church. And that's why we want every generation, we want to inspire every generation to make a big deal about following Jesus. But how does that translate? How does that translate into our marriage? Let's think about that. What is the mission of your marriage? If you have a vision, you kind of have, hey, this is where I want to go. This is what I want. This is what I think God wants me to do or us to do. But what is your mission? What is your mission uh, as a marriage cu married couple? Hey, we decided... My wife and I, we, we, we talked about this again with this couple, this group that we had. And we came up with this. We thought it was pretty, pretty accurate for our lives. We decided this would be our mission. To fear God and to keep his commandments. You're like, well, that's boring. Well, just think about that for a moment. If our mission is to fear God and keep his commandments, we find ourselves pursuing the very thing that God has called us to do. 
It also helps us always have a guideline that says what is right and what is wrong. When we find a struggle between us, how do we solve these things? We go to a set stone word of God and say, it's right here. This is how we do it. But not only that, we said this, we will seek God. Listen to me. We will seek God first and each other next. I think, think about that. We will seek God first and pursue each other next. So many times people lose track of their mission. They think that, listen, if I just spend time with my wife and I just engage my wife and I love my wife and I, I, and I love my husband, I respect him, I, and it's all going to work out. Listen, it doesn't work out unless you put God first. The idea is that both couples are headed towards one goal, and that is to glorify God. And that's what we want to do as a couple. That's what I, what I would encourage you to think about. But your mission can be different. Your mission can be biblical. It can be solid. But what are the words you would use to describe your mission to accomplish your vision? What would it look like? It's not about self. It's not about kids. It's not about career. It's about each other. That's what it means to have a solid mission on your church. So what would it be a mission statement? Or what would be something that we would want to look at uh, in 2021 that we've looked at in 2020 and said, listen, I need to reestablish some things. I need to change some goals. I need some, to change some time figures to make sure that I'm accomplishing my mission. I, I don't know what those are, but it might be that you need to reflect on what is valuable, what God has called you to be. How about about your kids? What's your mission with your children? What is your mission with your children? Do you have one? Have you sat down and said, listen, this is our mission. This is what we want to do to get to our goal, the vision. This is what we want to accomplish. You see, our mission was this, to teach our kids to fear God mm, and love God with all their heart. Fear God and keep his commandments and love God with all their heart. These are two very tough things because one of them is the law, love God, fear, or fear God, which is, hey, obey his commands, follow the word, X, Y, Z, but how do you get them to love God, to actually have a, a relationship with him? That is the battle every parent and the mission that every parent should have for their children. You should be focused on that as you're raising your kids. How do I get my kids to be obedient and fear God and also to love God? Where do we get this idea as, uh, as, of this as a mission? Let's just rattle through some verses. Psalms 111 and verse 10, it says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and all those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. This is why our job was to convey that to our children. Fear of the Lord, it's Proverbs 20, 15, 33. The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom and humility comes before honor. Proverbs 10, 27, the fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will fall short. Proverbs 14, 26, the fear of the Lord has a strong confidence. One of you, some of you guys are struggling with your children because they don't have a strong confidence in their life. They don't walk around confidently standing before others. Let me tell you something. The fear of the Lord gives us confidence because we know who we are in Christ. That's why we thought it was so important for us to teach our children this. And his children will have refuge. Proverbs 15, 16 says this, better is a little with the fear of the Lord, then great treasures and trouble with it. In other words, we taught our kids, listen, it's not about how much money you make. It's not about wealth, power, or possessions. That's not going to bring you joy. That's not going to bring you peace. No, listen, the fear of the Lord is going to bring you a peace and a purpose that's going to reach clear through to your heart. Proverbs 8, 13 says this, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Listen to this. 
The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. Mm. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 says, the end of this is the end of the matter. All has been heard and all has been said. This is Solomon, the wisest man speaking. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. Why? For God will bring every deed into judgment and every secret thing, whether good or evil. This is why this was our mission statement. We are going to teach our kids to fear uh, the fear of the Lord and keep his commandments and teach him how to love him. Mission statements. Do you have one? Do you understand the value of them? How, do you need to reestablish some? Do you need to establish some in 2021 so that the priorities, the thing that God has called us to be, are being accomplished, those visions? Hmm. What's your mission in your work life? Do you ever wonder what that is? What's your mission in your work life? Huh. Mine was to work as the Lord, as unto the Lord and not unto men. When I think of my mission, when I come to work here at this church, when I go out into the world and work for anyone, anywhere, my goal is to work unto the Lord and not unto men. If there's anything that I could encourage you and implore you to do, it is this. The world is full of people that work solely for themselves and their paychecks. They don't work for the Lord. They're not seeing everything that they do as honoring to God. They are all about themselves. Christians, it should not be spoken of us. We work hard because we work unto the Lord. Notice Colossians 3, 23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not unto men. That is my motto when it comes to work. We work heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Hmm, Colossians 324 continues, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. In other words, you will, not, you, you will not be denied. You will be rewarded for what you are doing for Christ. You are serving the Lord Christ when you work. You are serving the Lord Christ where you work. Wherever you find yourself working tomorrow, today, wherever you find yourself, you are working for the Lord. You are there to represent him. You are salt and light, and you have that purpose and that meaning, and you need to never forget it. It is never about the paycheck. It is all about the glory of God. It will transform the way you think if you live by that mission. You see, mission matters. Mission, mission matters. Mission gives us gives purpose and meaning to our vision that God has for us. So we have a vision. We have a mission. But a lot of times we need a little more. We need a little more. We need to find it. We, we're going to find out that it's helpful for us to create what, what the world is, is deemed as core values. I would just say principles to live by, but let's just go with core values. You got to have a mission. You have a vision. And now who are you? How do you accomplish that? How do you find yourself? Listen, I'm going to make sure that when I work, I work unto the Lord and not unto men. How do you, what are the small things that you do? Or when you think about your marriage, or when you think about this church, how do we accomplish, make a big deal about following Jesus? What is it that we want to do? See, as a church, we kind of broke it down. There's lots of core values we have. As a matter of fact, we're constantly as a staff talking about core values because there's different values for different things. There's different values in the way we work and create and, and inspire the country, the city and in, in, in drawing them to Christ. There's different ways that you and I engage in core values, but we have them on our wall outside. We, we talk about them a lot. What are core values? Core values are the things that I believe that if every Christian would do, that we would make a big deal about following Jesus. 
In other words, if you did these things, you would be making a big deal about following Jesus and therefore you would be making the vision possible, which is reaching every Alaskan with the gospel. That's why we do these things. That's why we meet. That's why we're here. That's what church is all about for us because we know this, it's all about the gospel. It's all about representing Christ through salt and light. But what are ours? Well, we have several. There's six of them. They're love, share, live, grow, serve, give. How do I break that down? Well, this, we love God and love others. Listen, if we're loving God and loving others all the time, and that's a character of quality of ours, and that's a core value of why we wake up in the morning, listen, it'll be obvious that we're making a big deal about following Jesus because it won't be about us. It'll be about others. That's what God wants. Oh, how about this one? Share. We share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't just live our lives in such a way that somebody might ask us, wow, you're different. I wonder what's about you. No, we actually literally say, listen, I'm a Christ follower. And I would implore you to give your life to Christ because he wants to be reconciled with you and he can forgive your sins and he can give you a new life and he can give you an eternal life that no one else can give because he's hope. He's, he is our future. He's the ultimate picture of love. He's what you're looking for. No, we want to talk about Christ. We want to talk about the gospels. That's why we have share as one of our core values. Oh, we want to live. We want to live led by the spirit and connected to the body of Christ. We want to live abundant lives. We want to live together in community. That was why I encourage you. I want to encourage you to come here to the Anchorage Baptist Temple because this family, we are all about loving one another. We want to live life with one another because we believe when we live life together, we are inspired to do greater things. We, we are inspired to make a bigger difference in this community. That's why we are able to raise so much money to help those that are in need, reach people with Bibles and, and, and help our prison ministry and be down at the Hope Center. Listen, we got to do it together. We want to live life together because it transpires into making a big deal about following Jesus. But we want to grow spiritually. We, we don't just want to be all about excitement and energy. No, we actually want to get in the word and know it. We want to know God. So one of the things we've got to do to keep up the momentum of inspiring to follow Jesus Christ and make a big deal about following, we got to grow. We got to serve others humbly. We've got to serve others humbly. We need to be servants on, in this community, not, not out in the front. We need to be serving from behind. How about this one? Give, give your time, talent, treasure to God for his church. We give our time, talent, and treasure we invest financially in this church. That's why it's so important that you're tithing. If you don't go to our church, whatever church you go to, you're financially invested. Because we believe this, when you're financially invested, you'll, have, you'll desire to make a big deal about following Jesus because you are invested in what your church is doing. If you're here at ABT, that's our desire for you as well. But our time as well. How do you spend your time? Where do you spend your skill set? God has given you gifts. Are you using them for the kingdom? These are our core values. But, but these core values, you know, they, they change. They may be different. They may go different directions sometimes when circumstances change because our mission sometimes needs an adjustment to motivate or to be excited about where we're going and what our vision is. But what is it about your marriage? What are core values in your marriage? What do people look at your marriage and what are the words that come out of their mouth? What is it that people say, that couple is all about X, Y, Z? Well, my wife and I, we, we came up with our core values. We just like, listen, who are we as people? Who are we together? What do we want to represent and what do we want to be all about? Well, this is what we're all about. My wife and I are all about this. We will leave a legacy. This is our core values. We will leave a le legacy of loving, 
giving, serving, and leading, listen to this, first to our children and then with others. First to our children and then with others. It doesn't matter if we save the whole world and lose our own children. And so we will love, we will be generous, we will serve, and we will lead our family. And then we will pursue the lives of others to try to do the same. This is our core values. These are our core values. Listen, they just fit in our style of who we are as a couple. But what are your core values? What is it that you want to be known for as far as the values? What, what defines you as a couple? What is it that God is doing in your life? I'm afraid we need to reestablish some things, or maybe we just need to establish some things in 2021 that says, listen, 2020, we got distracted. We were going all over the map in our marriage, but we need to focus what is valuable. Listen, when you live by your core values, when those are the high priority items in your life, guess what? Your fighting goes down. Your money starts to, your money issues start to fade away. Your relationship issues start to be bummed together. Why? Because you've decided that these are what you want to be known by and you're willing to sacrifice. Why? Because these things that we establish, remember, they're valuable. They're important. They're critical in our relationships. But what are our core values with our children? Core values with our children. We thought about it together as a couple. We're like, what are these core values? And we just, we saw this very interesting. They're a little different because you're not making core values for your kids. You're actually living the core values. And here they are. We, we will love each other more than our children. Core values that kids need to know about their parents. We want our parents, to, kids to understand something. Mom and dad, we love each other more than we love you. And you know what that does to a child? That gives them security. They know that the relationship, the marriage relationship that we have, mom and dad are solid and therefore we can live life to the fullest and therefore we can accomplish the fear of the Lord and actually pursue our mission and our vision. How about this one? We will love our children more than others. More than others. We will invest in their spiritual life. We will make sure that they love God and their desire is to pursue God as much or more than anybody else we talk to because it is so critical. We will live out what we say. Core value for us as a couple. What are we going to do with our children? We're going to make sure what we say is what we do. How we live at church, how we come into these doors at church and walk around, that's the same person that's going to walk home and deal with issues and problems. There's going to be no double-minded, no double-faced side. We've committed ourselves to this. Hmm. We will never put playing in front of the church. Core value for us with our children. We'll never put playing. My son was a great basketball player. I always said, you're never playing a game during church. We're never missing church for this, 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 or this. We're never missing church to go snow machining, four-wheeling, playing. It's not going to happen. We prioritize God in our lives, and it's just what we're going to do. How about this one? We, will, we see the church as a place to serve, not a place to sit. A place to serve, not a place to sit. One of the core values we wanted to instill into our children in, in that relationship was this. When we come to church, our goal is to serve. Our goal is to see people who are hurting and engage them. It's not to come down and sit with your friends. It's not just to come and sit in a pew. No, we, we see church as a, as a place where we can minister and we can help. These were our core values. Again, you don't have to have these core values for your children, but I hope that you have some core values. I hope that you understand without core values, you're never going to accomplish your mission and you're never going to accomplish your vision. And you're going to look down the road and say, what happened to my children or what happened to my life or what, what's going on? Priorities of core values help us set the tone. And the last one is this. What are your core values you need to establish at work? 
What is it that you need to establish at work? Hmm, I thought about myself. I thought about this. I'll bring my best. I will value others. I'll be one of the last to leave any event. It's one of the things I try to do. I try to be the last one out of the building. I will never be the one without a shovel. That means I'll never be, I'll, you'll never see me standing around with my hands in my pockets while other people are working. It's just not going to happen. It's a core value of mine. My dad taught me that. You don't ever want to be the guy without a shovel. If there's three shovels and there's four guys, you better fight for that shovel. You do not want to be the guy watching. Hmm, how about this one? I will be willing to do the dirty work. Are you willing to humble yourself down and pick up the trash are you willing to get down and do the nitty gritty? Are you willing to take the job at work that nobody else wants to do because you humble yourself? It's not about, again, it's not about what you're doing. It's not about your career. It's about serving God. It's about representing him and being salt and light. Core values. You see, 2020, I truly believe, has helped all of us think. We all need to refocus I mean, we, we, we all need to be thinking about the things that happen. But, but I'm afraid a lot of that stuff happened in 2020 because we really hadn't established a vision and a mission and core values for the things that God had for us, for the things that God wanted us to accomplish. As, as a church, we got distracted a little bit. As as individuals in our marriage, we got distracted a little bit. In our parenting, we got distracted a little bit. In our workplace, we've gotten distracted a little bit. We've let fear and anxiety and worry creep in to what God has for us. And I'm here to tell you something. I beg you, I hope that you'll grasp this thought. Do you have a mission? Or do you have a vision? Do you have a mission? And do you have core values? Because remember what this is all about. Accomplishing God's preferred outcome for your life. If you want a preferred outcome for your life, you're going to have to work today. You cannot just hope that it happens by accident. It's not going to happen. Remember, when we establish things, it's about things that are valuable, worthy, meaningful, and of utmost importance. Please consider 2021, I challenge you. Do you have a mission and a vision and core values for your life? Are you on point? Are you headed someone? Do you have some goals? Because if you don't, you're going to find yourself in 2022, right where you're at in 2021. But listen, if you're watching me by television and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, if you don't know the preferred outcome that is best for you, let me tell you what it is. The best preferred outcome for all those who are not believers today is this, that you would repent of your sin and turn from your wicked ways and give your life to Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus? Jesus is God himself. He came down to this earth and lived a sinless life for you and for me. He paid the ultimate price with his life to pay for your sin and my sin on a cross and he rose victorious, showing that he had the power to overcome sin, and he rose from the dead three days later. 
And then when we put our faith and trust in him and what he's done on the cross, Jesus says, you will be saved. You will be transformed. You will have a new life. You will have a new vision, a new goal, a new direction, not without problems, but with purpose and meaning and understanding and calling. And so I ask you, will you give your life to Jesus Christ today? Will you decide today that you'll be a Christ follower you will stop following yourself and start following him. Will you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he has risen from the dead? And if you do, Jesus says, you'll be saved. You'll be transformed. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your goodness to us and your love for us. Lord, we thank you that you give us your word that inspires us to know what the vision is, what we're trying to accomplish in this world. Lord, what the mission is, how we're going to do it, what we need to do to make that happen. And these core values that you find throughout Scripture, all these different things of values that we should have as believers in every facet of life. Father, I pray so much that in 2021, every one of us, churches and individuals would reflect on what they need to reestablish in their life. Or maybe Maybe they need to establish them because they never really have established them. Father, if there's any that are listening by television that are not saved, Lord, I pray they'd give their life to you today. We give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' precious name and all God's people said, amen and amen.